podcast listeners. You're listening to another episode of The Long Journey Home. I am your host, Corbin Johnson. I'm on my way to work now. And that means that I can now dispense more Trek wisdom to you all. Yeah. That's pretty self-conceited right there. Alrighty. I did promise listeners a beginner's series two episodes ago. So why not? What would it take for specifically a second edition player or a pack player, I suppose, to become a 1E player? And what's the easiest way to do it? Well, fortunately, the CC has made it ridiculously easy to become a Star Trek first edition player. It's, It's pretty awesome in just how all the resources and everything. However, it might be just a tad confusing. I mean, every so often we see posts on the message boards of people coming in and saying, oh, well, how, you know, I used to play this game. Uh, How do I learn? So for the second edition players, you know, that's, it's actually probably, it probably goes without saying how to become a first edition player. You can probably do it on your own. But uh, for a returning pack player, it's much more difficult. So let's, I guess we'll start with, uh, with a, let's say, a second edition player. So, you know, a 2E player comes up to you at, at a 2E tournament and is like, how, oh, I see you're playing first edition there. That looks fun. How do I learn that? So you go, okay, so this, this is really easy. Okay. So maybe you've got a deck on you, you know, like an all-virtual deck you can just hand him and say, this is yours, or you can tell him to just build a continuing mission deck, or just, you know, grab one of the starters, not even one of the starters, right, or, or maybe, you know, grab, grab a starter, and then, or maybe you have two starters, and you just talk through a game, easy peasy. If that's not good, there's always a lackey for allowing players to get um, get together with someone online to learn a game. Uh, I, I, I did that the other way around. I, I taught uh, someone second edition on lackey once, um, only because they were, you know, they were three hours away. I'm not going to drive all that way to you know, teach them how to play. But uh, it I think the best way to learn the game is to play the game. Um, and then once that's done, say, here's the rule booklet, you know, you're going to want to read this, but, you know, just just to make sure you have the basics down. And then, and then you know, <laughs> then after they're comfortable with, say, block or a easy starter, then that's the hard part, right? You know, and then it's like, do you, are we going to teach you all about all the crazy cue the ref cards and all the side decks and it, it just gets really really crazy after that so so you know I, I'd say the first part's almost trivial in, in trying to figure out you know playing your first game and learning to draw one and play one basically or play one draw one but so so yeah so at that point uh, it, it's probably a matter of either you building decks for that person you know someone someone has to take charge for this person and kind of say okay you you know i'm i'm going to i'm going to walk you through this i think i think that's 
probably best, or at least say, you know, keep coming to the tournaments, keep bringing decks, and we're just going to keep tweaking it as, as we go here. And, and if you can't find a local scene, you know, if you if you're not if this is not you and there is no mentor out there for you, you are going to be playing online until you can find a local scene, and that's that's perfectly fine. The online play is fantastic. Uh, there are message board posts uh, for Lackey. Uh, Lackey CCG is a program for Windows, Linux, and Mac. You can download and play. Star Trek 1st Edition, 2nd Edition, or Tribbles for free. And you can build any deck you want, and you can import any deck you want. Well, that's not true. 1st uh, Edition doesn't have that capability yet, but you can still... I think it comes preloaded with several starters, and it's just a matter of sitting down and using the deck builder to compare a deck list online with any sort of, uh, you know, just inputting it into Lackey. Uh, Lackey has tutorials on how to use it, and the message board posts on using Lackey are pretty explanatory on how to set that up. So, so no mentor, no problem. Learn online, use the message boards in the chat room as a way to meet people to play Star Trek against. Uh, there are, I think there's even a list of people looking for other people to play Star Trek against. So the message, board, the message boards are your friend, and do not hesitate to uh, post in them if somehow you are listening to this before you're actually uh, perusing the message boards. Uh, but especially, um, I'd say use the All Things Trek board, I suppose. So, great. Okay, so you've played a couple games... And now you want to learn how to be a good 1E player. Um, that, that's probably more interesting than just kind of grabbing a deck and playing. So, um, when my 2nd edition players, mine, uh, my local 2nd edition players, play in 1st in edition tournaments, they, they usually get very frustrated very quickly because the game is uh, so nuanced with un... Uh, un unintuitive uh, second edition rules um, and, and then they get confused about um, what is and isn't legal to do in first edition uh, the, the rule booklet the official 1E rule booklet is is probably a good resource, it tells you that you can battle but not if you're federation uh, and you can't battle against your own affiliation and that's unintuitive for a second edition player, where you can battle anyone. There's the notion of uh, quadrant restrictions, which is quite complicated. And the rule booklet may touch on that, but for that sort of thing, that's what the glossary is for. Uh, let's get to the glossary a little later. Time locations are. Yes, uh, somewhat intuitive. They they usually explain how they work fairly well. Um, the Nors make absolutely no sense to any player coming into the game, and requires definitely looking in the glossary. And uh, I think there is some discussion of Nors in the quadrants. Again, not intuitive at all. And and the problem here is that. Uh, a player just joining the game, uh, not only are they confound, they're, they've got compound problems here. 
they have to learn the rule booklet, and then they have to learn the specific rules of OTF. Um, I, yeah, so, you know, what's going through my head right now is you go, okay, OTF, you know, those rules are fairly straightforward, especially for anyone who's played 1E for any length of time. However, the reason they're there is not terribly reasonable to intuit by someone who's never played the game. Uh, not that it's a bad thing or anything, but you kind of have to go read the rule booklet, play the game for a while, <laughs> and read the OTF rules. Like, great, okay, so 140 points, and you can't discard cards, cards, these dilemmas don't go into the discard pile. Well, why is that? Well, you know, so... You know, it's it. You don't have to explain it to them, right? You just go. That's just how you do it. Uh, if you played without OTF rules, you'd easily, you wouldn't easily find out why. But there's historical reasons, whatever. So uh, there's the problem of the ban list. Um, we can get with. We've talked about that before. Anyway, so the glossary, right? You don't. You're not supposed to read the glossary from front to back. You're supposed to use it as a lookup tool during games, um, which makes it hard to build decks. Because if you build a deck around a card and then all of a sudden, oh, look, uh, I can't use this card in the way I intended, you get frustrated because you just spent three hours building a deck. So, <laughs> I. Mm, <laughs> so, for now, I'd say stick with decks that are already built. Don't build your own decks yet. Uh, that, that's, I'm going to put that as tip number two. Uh, tip number one is play some games with some starters and some virtual decks, just some easy stuff. Step two, if you're going to advance on, start building decks that are already made. Uh, and our deck builder, the Continuing Commission, Continuing Committee's deck builder is fantastic. It has laid out winning decks, and uh, you can go in and find out what formats those decks are legal in. So... If you have a collection, grab any OTF deck and just build it. Uh, yeah, some people play with Q the Ref, some don't. I think I think any player does need to sit down and learn the Ref cards. It might be more helpful to learn why they're there, and that's actually a lot harder to do because you need a, a historical context for it. But you can look at decks and find out which 13 Ref cards most of them are using... I suppose, you know, uh, reading the cards, uh, even if you, you know, we could take two steps back here, just reading cards and just going into the database and just reading cards is a great idea. There are a lot of them, uh, but if you start from the beginning and work your way up and just start reading cards one by one, you're going to very quickly come to understand how this game works. Um, at least in my opinion. But it's not until Deep Space Nine and Dominion that you start to get into interesting free play engines and, frankly, interesting draw engines. But, it, you know, I'd say read the cards, and then you'll start to see these ref icon cards, and then you're going to finally read Q the ref, and you go, oh, okay, so these are, like, nerfs for other abusive strategies and that sort of thing, you know. So... The problem with that is they're very meta-specific sometimes, and you don't know which 13 are the best to bring, so you just kind of wing it, and maybe you don't bring ref cards. You know, OTF is designed to be able to play without ref cards, 
you might miss out on a few opportunities that a pro player would know, you know, using mirror image to draw cards or using Diablo's Kumasaka to cycle your hand or using Builders with Torches to prevent your opponent from redshirting and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, you are playing games and if you're playing against a reasonable uh, 1E player who knows what he's doing, he will say, he might tell you after the game, oh, why didn't you blah? Or, you know, you can blah. And you, you can't take that stuff first. You can't go, oh, man, I'm such a bad player. I don't want to play this game. And we have to go, oh, this is constructive criticism. And this is to help me learn. And this is takeaway number three. You really have to get feedback. You need to, if you're going to write decks, you're going to build decks, you've got to, you, you really ought to post them and then ask for comments, you know, on the message boards and say, can you please look at this? And, and then just accept the constructive criticism. You've got to be able to go and just say, okay, this is, this is okay. I'm just learning. I just need some help here. Um, you don't have to apologize. Just say, you know, any help is appreciated. And then you get the feedback you need. Because eventually you're going to start building decks. And you go, oh, can I... So I see that there's these first contact people. Is there some way to play with them? Oh, of course, we have Federation flagship relaunched. You know, oh my God, oh, this is great. Oh, okay. Oh, so I can play one for free, and then they can convert their icons into other staffing. Oh, this is great. So this icon doesn't do it. No, no. You know, it doesn't do anything on its own. It's it's an unloaded icon, right? So, uh, you, you start to pick up on the nuances as you play more and more. So you really have to play a few games. I, in my opinion. Even, you know, <laughs> let's say you don't want to print out anything and, you know, you just have some whiteboard starters, great. Just grab a friend, grab a couple whiteboard starters, build some terrible little decks and just go at it and just go and get a feel for it, you know. you Oh, I play a guy, I, I play a ship, and then you have to do this mission attempting thing. Oh, okay. And then eventually you're going to learn, oh, you know, it's okay to self-see dilemmas or it's, it's okay to attempt your opponent's missions and that sort of thing but only under certain conditions. So you start to... 1E is all about... 1E is a game where you are given way too many options. You know, oh my god, I could do 12 different things on a turn. you got to figure out what the right two or three things are to do. And that's very hard because uh, 1E doesn't intuitively tell you what all of the options are. It doesn't say, did you know you could battle your opponent this turn? It doesn't say... You could have attempted your opponent's mission. It, it was 40 points or more, and, uh, and you know, if you'd remembered what dilemmas you put under there, you probably could have stolen it, and then your opponent would be very sad right now, and you'd be very happy. And it doesn't tell you, you know, that, that you can go battle, and uh, you, can, you can use your opponent's, some of your opponent's cards sometimes. You can use the Bajoran Wormhole. You, you can use it too, or... Yes, you can use your opponent's caretakers array sometimes for certain things. And and it's just not intuitive. And you can use your opponent's nor. What? Huh? I can do I, I can play guys to promenade shops? Oh my god. You know, you're not you don't know that stuff and the rules are even terrible about it. You know, these are these are things that you just pick up after playing the game for so long. And it is good to know what options you have available to you. So this is where having a, a mentor or just playing against really good players comes into play. And playing against people online, you can also the, get the added benefit of playing against people from different metas all over the world who play the game a little bit differently. 
not to say they don't break rules, that they break rules, they don't. They just use certain cards other players don't, and they use different strategies or different dilemma combos and and that sort of thing. So that's really the thing. Um, now you might be a little shy or you just like, oh, well, just my friend and I want to play. Well, that's, that's great. That's great. So, you know, I think, again, grab a couple decks, play a few games, and then move on to the next thing. And Continuing Mission, I mean, really, is your friend. Continuing Mission is probably the best thing that was ever done to help beginners get into this game. Because you buy cards from the first three sets... And then you build a little deck with Continuing Mission. It's very straightforward about what you can do, actually. Much more straightforward than anything is in Money. When you play a guy, he has four skill dots, no download icon. You get to draw a card. Oh, this is great. Cool. So it's a draw engine. And then you can download a Warp Core card. And this lets me play those guys for free. Oh, okay. So I get to draw three cards a turn, and I can usually play three cards a turn. Oh, and then I use attention all hand. Oh, this is great. I can play those those terrible universal guys. Now I've got like 40 guys in play on turn three. This is great. I'm exaggerating. But anyway, so continuing mission is the best thing that ever happened to beginners, and that's fantastic. I'm very happy for that. And, you know, the more the merrier, of course. Bring your continuing mission deck, you know, to a tournament. You'll probably do better than you expect, to be honest. Um, because... You know, and, and that's fine. You're going to play against players who know what they're, who really have been playing a long time, and they're going to bring something either annoying or they're going to bring a special spin on continuing mission. They're going to do things that are really weird, like start playing non-continuing mission guys and do the persona swap for a certain guy, and then you go, oh, you, but then you have a guy, and you know, no, 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 you see the persona swap rules, they allow you to do. And you go home and read the Persona Swap rule, you go, oh, wow, this game is really crazy. I didn't know that I was playing such a crazy game. So that sort of thing is stuff you pick up on to, over time. you got to just play against good players, and then they're going to be helpful in, you know, you're, you're going to learn a lot of new things and new ways to see this game, and that's what I love about the game. Um, if, 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 that, if having 12 options on a turn and trying to pick out the two or three is doesn't sound appealing to you, may I suggest games such as Second Edition and uh, Tribbles. Now, um, I'm, <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't have said that. You know, Second Edition has a lot of... It's a lot more straightforward. But there are still a lot of options available to a player in Second Edition. But 1E is, is really about letting you paint on a very, very blank canvas. And at the end of the game, boy, does the game... <laughs> weird, weird things will happen, and you will have stories. One... Uh, I, I love 1E for the so-called LaForge maneuvers. LaForge maneuvers. Uh, where you you get into some crazy, crazy stuff by the end of the game. Uh, for example... For example... Um, well, in the cool tournament that happened to Gen Con, I was told that uh, Porthos ended up next to Spot at one point, and the <laughs> the whole reason Porthos has his game text uh, happened, and uh, Porthos would, would stop Spot from pouncing or something. It was ridiculous. So, you know, it's stuff like that. That's, that's the stuff that really, I think, drives me to continue to play first edition and for really weird situations to occur. 
Um, yeah. So that uh, there are so many cards in this game. There's so much left to be explored, even. And we're still, you know, we're just making new cards. Well, old cards are, you know, uh, I think uh, Section 31 touched on this while the debate over time travel pod was going. Uh, they, they talked about, as cards were getting banned in OTF, other cards that no one had played for a very long time were just coming out of the woodwork. The so-called binder fodder was suddenly becoming very appealing. And one such card was Ephraim Cochran's Telescope. And they would that, that that was like scan tech that had been under the radar for years and you know if someone used it to look at dilemmas you know you'd get pretty frustrated so eventually that went on the ban list but the idea is that you know maybe maybe you can only afford a few like a few a few cards from a few expansions that's fine no worries you can you can use all the virtual cards you can use whatever you can afford to build cards in OTF, and eventually you're going to come across some card, you're like, why is no one playing with this card? And you're going to bring it, and then people are going to be like, why is no one playing with that card? That card's amazing. And and that's stuff like that, right, that, that's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, people are going to start looking at you going, wow, okay, this guy's got his shit together. Pardon my language. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. You're going to open up a new world a new universe of just this game of fun and i i think i think that's probably the best way to go about it is just start playing games really that's all there is to it play games and ask questions and read the cards and eventually things will start clicking things will start clicking so uh special takeaways for a second edition player there's a lot of backwards compatible cards you know, if you've got an extensive 1E collection, or sorry, 2E collection, and you want to get into second edition, security drills. <laughs> That's where the money is at right now. It hasn't been converted yet. So, you know, you've got all these backwards compatible 1E cards, and many of them have been converted, and we've done a pretty good job of converting the most janky of the jank. But uh, there are cards out there uh, that are pretty cool. Anything that is... Anything that can add attributes or skills at, you know, during a mission, money. Money in the bank. So, <laughs> those cards are worth exploring. Um, anything that can give you draws and plays, nothing nothing until we really gives you plays, but certainly you can get some draws that no one's really looked at. There's some, anything that says download in 2E doesn't go to your hand. It actually downloads into play. So, or wherever it says to download it to. So there's some exploitation to be found there. Just remember that you have this interesting advantage that the most 1E players don't, and that is you can access a lot of weird cards. And I say security drills because there are dilemma combos in 1E, like personal duty friendly fire. Uh, friendly fire, eh, whatever, whatever. It, anyway, it basically gets you down to one leadership, and then you need two leadership or else the mission's locked out for two turns. So security drills will allow someone to gain a skill they already have. So you put your fed person from hand on it and suddenly the Picard with one leadership that squeaked by the personal duty has two leadership 
and then you have two security for somewhere else, and then your opponent is very sad because this almost this almost unfailable combo or unpassable combo is completely nerfed, and your opponent's like, oh crap, well, that sucks. So so they you see, you know, second edition players take take a couple minutes. Look through your cards with backwards compatible goodness and see what brokenness you can bring to your local tournament. Uh, yeah, so if you're, you're playing the continuing mission deck, stick to security drills and you might surprise yourself. All right. And if you're a triples player trying to get into first edition, good luck. All right, so that's just my take on becoming a first edition player from other grounds. If you if you're a pack player, you've never played second edition, I think, you know, same road. Just grab some virtual decks, start playing them, play online, ask questions. When you start building decks, post them in the message boards and ask for some feedback. People will be more than happy to take a look at it. Hell PM me, I'll take a look at it. So alright. So thank you for listening to this. Uh I think uh, it might be interesting to do like a second edition beginners series or something like that. I'm not sure. So we'll leave it at that. But anyway, thank you for listening, everyone. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, if you're a new player wanting to, I don't know, say thank you, this podcast was amazing, or why didn't you talk about this, uh, feel free to give me a call at 267-CALL-CPJ or drop me a PM at CorbinQG7 on the message boards. Until next time, this is Corbin Johnson signing off, saying so long and thanks for all the trek.